Are you living your best life as a salesperson or entrepreneur? Or do you find you're working all the time on this hamster wheel of life while stressed out and not financially free, which is the exact opposite of what you had signed up for, especially now in this global pandemic? If this is you, you are not alone. I found myself there in 2008 when I lost everything, including my health, and had to pivot working from home for the first time with no money. I rebuilt my life from scratch, juggling motherhood and marriage to get my life back and be recession and pandemic proof today. Now we live laptop lifestyles with our kids and are poised to travel the world together. How did we do it? Join me as I share my health and wealth and wisdom secrets, tips, tools, and expert interviews to equip you to be recession-proof and live your best life. My name is Lois Kofi, and this is Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Coach Lois for another live episode here at Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Every Friday, we go live inside of my Facebook community, on my fan page. And then, of course, if you are here live, you can ask questions of my Healthy and Wealthy and Wise guests. So if you're just joining us here on the live, please go ahead and do hashtag live where you're tuning in from. Any, anything you got going on today, what's going on on this beautiful Friday. And then, of course, if you're on the replay, hashtag replay, we'd still love to hear from you. We'd still love to learn um, where you're tuning in from because we have people from all over the world that tune in either live on the replay. And then, of course, if you subscribe or go to healthyandwealthyandwise.com, which is displayed here on the screen, um, you'll get to see this episode um, come up on that landing page next week. You get to see all of the amazing guests we have this month in February and beyond, as well as capture the recordings. So super excited and fired up to introduce my guest today. Uh, We've known each other. I can't actually remember, Lindsay, if it was what year it was, but uh, we have so much in common. We both have a passion for health and business. And so I'm going to go ahead without further ado and introduce you. Um, Lindsay Heiserman hails all the way from Minnesota. We won't won't talk about the weather today because I'm here in San Diego, right? Right. (laughs) Um, She's a life and business coach. She's had clients. This is the coolest thing, guys. She's had clients that have stuck with her for over a decade. Um, Her retention is super high, which says a lot about her commitment to her clients and and their commitment to sticking it out with her and the results they're getting. Another kind of fun fact, she loves to do endurance obstacle races. So we kind of kind of have that in common. My my background in Ironman triathlons and all those kind of Ragnars and fun things. So um, I love that. And then she's also an introvert who loves networking. So Love to hear how that's going for you, Lindsay, in this new normal. And so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you. I'd love to hear your story and why you do what you do. Oh, thank you, Lois, so much for having me. I don't remember the year either. They are all blending together for sure. But of course, interestingly enough, we met through networking, which is fantastic. So I have been a personal trainer for 15 years. That was my my first love, my first passion, and still the foundation of really everything I do with clients. I fully believe movement is sort of that bottom of your pillar. You know, moving your body is so important. Um, And then I, and this is of course the short version that everyone gets, right? We can't be here all day. Uh, As a trainer, I was really good at the behavior change, the mental, the emotional things that were going on more so than what you were doing in the gym. 
which seemed counterintuitive, of course. A trainer should be concerned about what's the lift that you're doing and how much are you going to deadlift and how are you going to progress? And I was like, are you in a better mood when you leave? You know, that's really what was important to me. So I got a graduate degree in counseling and psychology, thought I would move into therapy. And that just didn't seem quite right. And then I did a life coaching course and that was it. That was the skill set that I was really looking for to enhance my personal training. And then the short story, of course, now is I've had my own business for almost six years doing still personal training and also life and business coaching. So I work with people still also in life coaching capacity, um, which for me is also wellness, right? It's the whole picture. Um, and then I do business coaching with other startup health and wellness um, business owners. That's awesome. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I was in the personal training industry as well. And it, mm -hmm. at sometimes I would get a little bit kind of like frustrated, I'll just be honest, with how people would just want to come and work out. Working out was almost like a, a quick fix, right? Just yep. no pain, no gain, and and just, just go and do it, get it over with, right? Yep. And um, I know that that obviously translates into business. There's a lot of salespeople in this community, Lindsay, who are looking to live their best life, improving their health and their wealth. So I would love to know, based on your years of experience and background and, and life coaching, we haven't actually had a life coach on here in I don't know how long. Um, so any tips that you can help them, especially as I, I scheduled you right here right now because <laughs> January's over, Right. Right. Super Bowl weekend. So that's usually when New Year's resolutions are gone in the toilet, forgotten, right? And the gyms are, well, this year is different because of the pandemic, but you know, the gyms parking lot would start having more parking spaces again in February, right? You can relate to that. So what do you do or how do you coach your clients or any tips that you can provide that can help them juggle this thing called business life and health? Mm -hmm. Oh, do you have all day? I actually just did a podcast episode the other day about how to manage yourself while you have a business, which I think is so important. Like, how do you manage your own energy? How do you manage your own emotions? And all these things come up as you are a business, as you are a salesperson, and you have those requirements to keep your business going. But yet, if you don't think about yourself, how are you going to pour into your business, right? So I like to think of coming up with your three non-negotiables for yourself. What are you going to do every day? And this can be different for every person, right? For me, my non-negotiables are movement. That's one. And not necessarily exercise, but I need to move, whether that's a walk or a little bit of yoga or simply just taking the dog outside, coming back in to sort of break up the day. Another one, and these are all going to sound so simple, is I make sure that my coffee doesn't go like this and my water like this, right? But the water intake has to be up there as well during the day. And I know you'll appreciate that with the coffee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, the third one for me is to eat my meals. Mm -hmm. Simple things. But if I do those things during the day, especially a work day, it just makes me have a better day and enables me to focus. So I think if you come up with sort of your three non-negotiables and stick to them, don't make them impossible, that will ensure that you have a better day. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I've been reconnecting with that because I'll be honest, and, and I know we have a lot of parents out there. Um, so I don't know if you have any other advice for specifically um, people who have kids in this new normal. I, mm -hmm. I let my non 
negotiables slip, total transparency. I ended up being the COVID 20 myself last year. And so I was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. How did that happen? Having had a fitness background, life gets in the way and everybody's at home. The kids are at home. Uh, Maybe they can't go to the gym. Um, So I don't know if there's anything that you've worked on specifically Mm -hmm. with people with kids or in those situations. Yeah, I'll tell a quick story about a client of mine who's actually a teacher. So it's pretty relevant to this. Um, She doesn't have kids, but she's definitely in that are we online? Are we in person? And then we're going back and forth. And how am I going to do my job? And I'm working with her in a wellness capacity, right? Like, what are your habits? How do you establish your routines? And I said, you get three tiers. The first tier are the things that really matter every day. Like they have to happen. The second tier are like they happen most days. Maybe these are the three times a week things. And the third tier is like, those are just going to have to wait. And so in her first tier was her work, her relationship with her husband, mm-hmm. um, and that was it. She's like, that's what I have max capacity for. Like mm-hmm. those every day, right? I go to work and I want to connect with my husband. The second mm-hmm. tier, which happens most days, were chores. So not every day, right? Like she wanted to have her house clean, exercise, which was not every day, but most days. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's going back to graduate school, of course. So she has classes on some days. And then everything else went third tier. And so, you know, she established this priority list of, you know, every day when I wake up, I only have so much energy to give. I only have so much. And so some of this is maybe a question of, do you outsource something? Mm. You just kick it off the list. It just doesn't happen right now. Um, And so releasing some of those things, whether it's to someone else or just not for now, is really helpful. Like, be very honest about what you have the energy and capacity for and don't try to overshoot it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Entrepreneurs are famous, especially those of us, you know, type A backgrounds are famous for how much more can I fit on the plate. So I really like the, the one, the two and the three tier. I'd love to know um, if you've seen like, what are the biggest changes besides some of the things that we've already talked about? Cause you've been coaching for a long time mm-hmm. and you've been working with the same people. It sounds like for a very long time. So you maybe have more data on um, almost maybe like a case study of what have you seen as the biggest changes for people from pre COVID mm-hmm. to this new normal that we're in. Yeah. Well, it's very timely. We're having this conversation. There's a lot of articles coming out now that, and I sort of suspected this a few weeks ago with myself and clients, but we are hitting the actual pandemic fatigue, right? It's been almost a year. People's fight or flight is running pretty low, right? Their adrenaline that they used to survive the last 10 months, 11 months, 12 months now Mm. is running out. And so with my clients now, people who were normally quote normal, but very steady, very happy, if you will, which I don't really love that term, but they always brought positivity to life are showing up sad, Mm. you know, just really melancholy. And I, you know, we talk a lot about the pandemic fatigue, but also grief, you know, there's a lot of grief that's happened in the last year. And if you don't take a pause, right, if you don't just at least acknowledge it, it's exhausting. And so right now, you know, look at yourself, look at the people in your life and just open up a little bit of that extra capacity. 
That is so true. I autobiographically, um, you know, I hit that wall, I think around November, December. Yeah. And yesterday I had my coach call <laughs> with my coach and I, I, I was so grateful I had that and I had a Reiki session and yeah. I talked to my, my therapist, you know, so mm-hmm. how, how many of your clients are, are finding, um, like, I want to cover like some key components yeah. of what I know that you do with that sadness or that, you know, fatigue, like you called it. Um, are you going into like the nutrition conversation? Are you, obviously we talked about movement already, so we know that that's important, but what are you besides making sure their water and coffee is in balance? What else <laughs> have you been helping them with? Um, if I can share autobiographically, I shared this a lot with my clients, which was, I was really feeling at the end of last year specifically. So that November, December time period, I was like, I can't be on the internet. Like it was this battle between Mm. consuming the internet and being on it for business. And I was always like, no, I have to be on it for business. And I have to do these things for my job and put myself out there and do all these things. And I was feeling awful, awful. And so I just took a month off of Instagram, completely changed my life with Mm. my clients. I have said, what is your consumption? Like, I'm really asking how much time are you consuming on the internet? Mm you know, I have one client who's very into the political landscape has been for years. And I said to her, there's a point of diminishing returns. Like you need to be knowledgeable, but then this whole extra time frame that you're reading articles and going down rabbit holes, and that applies to any topic, not just politics, but if you're just on there, mm-hmm. you're going to get lost. Right. And that affects us, especially now. So I have a check in with her next week to see how that was going because her homework was to actually use the time she was previously reading articles about politics to watch movies, to do something completely different, right? And to not be inundated with information. And I think that is definitely part of what we're experiencing is just that overload of information right now. Yeah. And then just the, yeah, the screen time, even if you think you're going on there, for fun, uh, especially now there's this new shiny object called Clubhouse. Everybody's right. doing it, right? All the cool kids. And I'm like, no, that's no. what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. Don't, don't give me one more distraction. That's just my personal um, experience. But yeah, James Johnson, thanks for tuning in. Yes, stay away from the rabbit holes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's brilliant. I know um, we talked about outsourcing and I'd be curious if you have any uh, I've been uh, telling everyone, shouting it from the mountaintops, and I have my VA um, business owner. She's going to be doing a, a, a episode later this month, guys. So, and she works with gals in the Philippines. So for six to seven bucks an hour. So, absolutely, I outsourced most of my social media so I could be off of there more, mm-hmm. right? But do you have any other examples of outsourcing that maybe people don't think about? Yeah. <laughs> This is one of my favorite client stories. I went round and round with this client about his laundry. He had been widowed. He was living alone. And he's like, I'm so irritated by the laundry. And I said, okay, like, why can't you just do the laundry? You know? And he's like, I just buy new clothes instead. I just buy new socks and just, I'm like, that's not exactly the best habit. Right. (laughs) And I said, I mean, we went round and round for weeks. This was like the theme that kept coming back up. And I was like, what is it about the laundry? I said, you do know people can do your laundry for you. Right. 
Like you can send your laundry out and then they just bring it back and it's clean. I'm not kidding you. Probably once a month, he still says, you know, I'm still doing that laundry service. It's so great. (laughs) So it's stuff like that, that it kept coming up as such a block. I mean, it's never about the laundry. It's always about something else, which we know as coaches and humans, but it was so in the way and it was a very simple solution. Hmm. Yeah, don't you think a lot of that has to do with, uh, and it sounds like if he had, if he lost someone and maybe he was still grieving and holding on to some of that, that pain, which creates clutter, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Do you have any life coaching around releasing some of that? Because I find that that's, that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people. Even we moved from Minnesota, my seven-year-old still wants to move back to Minnesota every week. So I know that there's still some some grieving components there for people of all ages. So do you have any other advice on that? Yeah, a lot. We worked through that a lot. But if I think about sort of the key components that made shifts, we're acknowledging that you can still be sad and you have the right to be happy, right? You don't have to be just sad and you don't have to be just happy. You can be both, right? You can still be very sad about your loss and you can have a really good day. You can still be sad in moments and wish for something and be really excited about this new thing you did today in the new place that you live or in the new existence that you have. And, you know, with that client specifically, you know, we said honest things like she's not coming back. You know, like that is a truth. And so we can go around and around, but nothing we say will actually change the truth. You know, so it's kind of a, to answer that question shortly, it's a mix of acknowledging the real truth Mm. that you often are hiding from because it's really painful and you don't want to move on. And then Mm. also saying, yeah, you can be sad. That's your right to be very sad. And also look at all these cool new things that can happen to you. That's great. That's awesome. I I don't know how people can do it without coaches, right, Lindsay? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm curious for you for the the retention that you've had. Um, do you have any other? And I know we we only have thirty minutes, guys, and I know we could be here all day. But if you could think of like your top two biggest transformation stories or anything else that you haven't shared um, about mm-hmm. how people are juggling business and life. I always love to hear stories. From a professional side of view, like as the coach, my success and retention has always been to just ask questions. Like it's not my agenda. It's not my agenda in a coaching session to direct you. I'm here to like mirror and to go with you. But you know, when I open up coaching sessions, I say, what's on your mind? Which people hate. Like they have even said to me, I hate that you do that to me. Why do you always do that? And I'm like, well, I always do it. So you're always going to have that question. So the retention comes to from just being really keyed into letting them talk about what's going on. So in personal training, yeah, yeah, we were lifting weights. I can, I can multitask that. Like you can do these weights, but like what's happening in your life? How are your kids? Uh, you know, just ask questions about everything else. And that Mm. gets missed in so many business relationships that if you just took a few minutes to connect, it would help so much. 
No, now you're making me think back to my my uh, personal training career and and even real estate. You get to be so involved emotionally with people, um, mentally, physically, spiritually, because mm-hmm. those things are are very very consuming. Um, when you talk to people about hiring you now during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, have you had any? Because this could apply to a lot of people. I have coaches, speakers, authors, yep. network marketers. I have a lot of people out there in my audience. Um, have you adjusted your coaching business pricing or done anything different because of the pandemic? No. And I will tell you in working with other health and wellness business owners, this one interesting thing came up and I don't want this to come off rude. So just bear with me for a second because immediately everyone was like, I need to adjust my pricing. I need to lower my prices. I need to do all these things. And I said to one particular client, the work that I did with a person in person, I don't understand why I would then charge less through the internet. I didn't lose any skills. I didn't lose any background. I still have to show up as me. And probably even more, I have to learn new skills. I have to connect with you even more. Mm -hmm. So I told her, and it's a close client. So I looked at her and I said, I didn't get dumber overnight. Like, I didn't lose all of my background, you know, with COVID. Now, I will back that up and also say I have had components of my business at various price points for years. So I just a value of mine has always been to have, you know, an entry level product that someone if they want to work with me and they can't do a large ticket item or a large ticket private coaching, they can come into a group program, you know? So that's been a value of mine. I didn't adjust the prices for COVID, but I have always had that as an option. Awesome. No, that's fun. It's it's really cool to hear because there's so many different thoughts. And I, I, I've i shared this in my other shows and, and humbly, I actually, um, my income radically increased because being able to help more people online, yeah. right? Being able to do group, being able to do evergreen, um, all of the different things. Um, it's, it's very possible for people if they just also uh, don't become workaholics. So I, I know yeah. a, a lot of, we, we've, we touched on this, we didn't call it that earlier, but by being able to have access to the internet now 24 seven, I have found, I think what we talked about earlier, we didn't name it workaholism or addiction to the internet or, or social or, or whatever, but have you seen um, any other, workaholism habits that have crept in that that lend to that fatigue that lend to that that grief um Mm -hmm. any other thoughts on that you know for me personally i i don't want to phrase this because of the internet and social media and all these different things i let myself believe that i got to be on there all the time like what am i going to miss or i need to post something or i need to interact with someone or I need to do something all the time, which we know is backwards, right? Like we do know intellectually that if we had a cutoff time, like if we worked at an office or we worked at a job where your job was done and you went home, you wouldn't be necessarily expected to work all day. But I had let myself really be wrapped into this mindset that like I needed to do it because I hadn't met my goals. I needed to fill the time and the space. So that was part of my Instagram challenge to myself was like, prove to yourself that it actually is not true, that being Mm -hmm. done at the time that I'm done and not being on the internet doesn't have a negative effect. 
And in fact, I'm reading books again, I'm watching TV, I'm relaxing, I'm coming up with so many more creative ideas because the noise isn't there. Mm -hmm. But man, it was hard. I mean, for like the decision making was hard. Once I did it, I was like, well, this is the easiest decision I could have ever made. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, that's a key thing. Um, you talk about making a decision. And it's so funny you're talking about I have my my lead sheet, my lead tracking sheet right next to me. So I can relate to getting mm -hmm. it done and then putting it away. And we've played more card games. We've done more yep. stuff with the family. It's been refreshing. Um, but anything else that you can think of? Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, to be honest with you. Um, where were we at? We were on... About weeds setting boundaries for workaholism. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything else that, cause I want to share with, with them your free gift here as well. But before mm. we get to that, maybe you can lead into that. If you want, we can even start talking about that if you're really excited about that too. Yeah. I have a couple of things that will help us lead into that. And the boundaries with workaholism is I just, like I said, I needed to prove that it wasn't true. So I looked at metrics. So I don't really love numbers per se, but I said to myself, how many leads have you gotten off Instagram specifically? How many leads turned into clients, entered your paying universe? Like none, it just doesn't jive for me. So I'd rather go party on LinkedIn, actually. I'd rather talk more on my podcast or be a guest on a show, like my strengths. I'd rather write a longer blog and put it on Pinterest. So. Before I had had this like just one track mind about how it had to be done. And so I just asked the question, like, is it true? Which is a classic coaching question, right? Is it true? Yep. <laughs> and it wasn't. I was like, it's not true. I don't actually benefit from Instagram. So take it away. And so that can be anything, right? If you're spending time doing things that you really can look at and say, those are not turning leads. Those are not turning into clients where else could I spend my energy? And that was really powerful for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I took just a week off at Christmas and just even a week was was massive mm -hmm. um, for a whole month. Uh, kudos to you. I had for February, I'm called this February focus, focus meaning follow one course until mm -hmm. successful. So right. I, I love that, you know, it's kind of like you test, you test things. And then like you said, you decide um, you made that decision because uh, without making a decision, I think that's where people um, and Jackie actually, I'm going to share her comment. She's getting information overload. Mm. And I just had another friend invite me to something today. Uh, and it was it was it was great. It was well meaning and it looked tempting. It was another like course yeah. um, to, to tune into. And I was like, I have all the knowledge, though. Uh. I just got to act on it and not become uh, an informationaholic, right? Because that can happen. That is me. That is why I had to do it. I had to say, I'm even leaving a coaching group that I was in, you know, which pains me as a coach, right? Because I'm like, coaches eat coaches. So it was great, but I'm not taking the action off the things that I learned. And that makes it not beneficial. So I'm going to leave it and then take months to put it into practice. So give yourself permission. You don't need another course. You don't need another webinar. I mean, I maybe just subscribed to another one yesterday, but you know, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And just trust yourself that you can execute, right? That you can do those steps. And we often just quit before we get there. Yeah. hundred percent. Wisdom is, that's why I called healthy and wealthy and wise mm -hmm. is 
application of the knowledge, just not being a, a edutainment. Yeah. So let's talk about your, your, your free gift, even though we just talked about, you know, not signing up for more things and all of the things, but your, your guide is simple and consumable, right? So tell us, yeah. tell us more about that. Um, can I share two things and I will be really fast in the yeah. essence of time. Yeah. I have a business backup plan and I want to touch on the networking piece really fast. Um, I call it my business backup plan on days that I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm never going to succeed. I entertain thoughts about um, getting a job and I'm like, nobody's ever going to hire me and I'm awful at this. You know how that goes. Yeah. yeah. So I have this rule with myself. I call it my backup plan that when that happens, I go out and I find people to talk to. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, hey, want to have a meeting with me? Hey, you look awesome. Let's have a chat. It's networking, but it's my backup plan because it doesn't matter to me if that was business. What happens that's so important is I am in a better mood mm -hmm. and I get off a call and I'm more energized and I'm like, oh my gosh, that person is doing something great. And then I can feel like I can tackle my work again. So mm -hmm. I hope for those listening, if you take one thing away, do that, right? Like go make a connection, set up a call or a Zoom. I know people don't want to be on Zoom anymore, but just do it. And you will be ready to go back to your work after that. I like that. You're making me think of a quick tip. I haven't talked about this yet on my podcast because I just started using it, but there's an app called Focus Keeper. And if you, it allows you to focus on whatever for 25 minutes and then you get a five minute break. Yep. That's when you could call a friend, um, do whatever you want to do, but just five minutes and then you're back at it. But yeah, when in doubt, reach out. I love that. Um, so key. Was, was there something else before we get? Yeah, I was just going to say, I got, I made this guide, which is the simple guide to finding your next client because of my frustration with social media and having this like feeling that I had to always be on there to find my next client. When behind the scenes, when I was doing business coaching, I was actually talking about other strategies with clients, like how to ask for referrals and how to go find one more person. You know, it's not actually that hard. Um, people just miss some of these pretty simple steps or they don't feel courageous to ask for referrals in a way. Or I had a client who said to me, well, what do I say? <laughs> So I put this together. It is, if we're talking about not consuming more media, it is an opt-in to my email list. You have full permission to get the guide and opt out if you don't want to be on the list. That's how I roll. Nobody should be there if you don't want to, right? So you can unsubscribe if you feel that way. Awesome. Well, thank you. I know I'm going to check it out and super excited because it is about balancing life and business and deciding, you know, what to do with the time you've mm -hmm. been given. Um, so a lot of great nuggets. I hope you guys have been taking notes. I just have myself one quick announcement. And then I have one final question for you, Lindsay, as we wrap it up. As most of you guys know, I am passionate. I've taught a lot about list building your way to freedom, building your tribe, mm -hmm. um, being seen, be heard and getting paid in this new normal. Um, myself, I started out with, you know, $0 a month in online income and was able to get to five figures over a four month period by giving value and doing it the right way for me. And everyone's going to find mm -hmm. their way of building their tribe. So if you guys uh, want to yeah. sign up for my next free one-time only course, it's at this link, um, loiscofi.com forward slash get leads. It's a lead generation and sales mastery course. 
it's free on the front end and then I am going to sell it on the back end for $497. So you guys want to consume it as fast as you can during that period of time. And then it's uh, kicks off February 15th through the 19th. One hour a day is released and then I'll start selling it on the 22nd. So that's my gift to you guys. Cause I know there's a lot of people who are struggling. Um, get Lindsay's guide. Um, take my course. This is the, the time to really don't give up on social media and building a tribe and generating leads online. There is a way to do it with excellence that doesn't suck you dry and consume your life. Mm -hmm. So that's my only announcement for today. So Lindsay, last question for you is when you hear the phrase healthy and wealthy and wise, what does it mean for you? Mm. I think it's so good because I just said this to someone else the other day who works in accounting and fitness. And we miss the wealthy part, both financially, um, in terms of wellness, we don't discuss it a lot, um, and we should. And wealthy, of course, can mean lots of other things, um, how wealthy you feel just in your life. But I love that in the middle of what you say, um, just encompassing the full picture, which many people leave out the wealthy part. Well, and you and I both know coming from, and this is not meant to sound, like you said earlier, I, I never want to sound um, stereotypical or harsh or rude or anything like that. But there are, since you work with a lot of health and wellness people mm-hmm. and stuff, they, they have this tendency to to want to help and not make the money, <laughs> right? Yeah. Not ask for the referral, not ask mm-hmm. for the clothes and all of the yeah. things. So you bring it all together, guys. Um, life can be so much more full and thank you so much for your wisdom today. So guys, please listen to this again. She gave a lot of free nuggets and coaching and, and really, you know, seemingly minor things. But if you major in those minor things and have those non-negotiables, like she said, um, you can have a much more fulfilling and rewarding life in 2021, which is what I think we all want um, as we move forward in this new normal. So next week, guys, our guest is Henry Klauke. He's an email copywriting guru. Um, He's going to be a lot of fun and going to be giving us wisdom on how to be better, not spammy, but better at giving value through email. So thanks again. Have a great day, everyone. Until next time, here's your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this Please subscribe, refer a friend, and please drop me a rating or a review. If you do that, I'll reward you with a free 20-minute free coaching session on crafting your journey to your best self. Reach out to me at lois at loiskofi.com to claim your 20-minute slot. Until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise.